Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Kat Napsok for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the Raptor of our space <laughs> circus. We are here with a very special episode. These are the ones I love so much. I love breaking down the news. I love book reviewing. Clearly, last week's episode is still going, I think. Um, but I I love these kind of topics when we get the chance to really dive into to just a, an over a big question, which uh, we love to discuss the way Force Center can. And that that is because I have these wonderful co-pilots, Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. I am happy to be co-piloting this Rathtar. <laughs> if such a thing can be done. Rathtar racing. Rathtar racing, racing for sure. It could happen. Board. I'm into that. I'm actually rolling up my sleeves right now. Yeah. I'm ready to ra- wrangle some Rathtar. Absolutely. Um, so today's topic is Star Wars, a connected universe. So with new canon, which really began in 2014 with the decree yeah. from Lucasfilm. Everything you knew is gone. <laughs> Unless we bring it back. Other, we yeah. mostly will. Other than Clone Wars, these four issues of the Darth Maul comic and anything we decide later on. Mostly Mara Jade is gone. gone. Yeah. Mostly, and Chewbacca is still alive. <laughs> um, no planet has crushed him. Um, no moon. Um, since then, with the, the, the bevy of Star Wars comics, books, picture books, map books, movies, cartoons, animated shorts... We have a lot out there. There's this question of uh, how connected should it be? And I, I've, I've discussed this uh, other places. We've discussed it here. To what level uh, do we want it to be connected? And we're going to dive into that today. And the caveat here, the thing we should warn with our recording schedule, Han Solo, the untitled Han Solo project, is filming every day. And you're probably seeing Ron Howard's Twitter feed with all the breaking Star Wars news. And this is spurned by the rumor we talked about it last week, that the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader himself, could appear in the Han Solo movie. And that raises some questions, because it wasn't met with overriding positive response from yeah. the fans. Mm-hmm. So that's where we'll begin, is this connected universe, Joseph. How much? How much is too much, and how much do we need? Yes, yeah, so we got the, the Darth Vader rumor. We also have the shadow of maybe Boba Fett in the back that's of, true. of Ron Howard. So, And those were back-to-back, so there's that sort of Boba Fett and Darth Vader. And since we got burned on our director's episode, where <laughs> <Yes>. like 30 <laughs> seconds after we released <laughs> it, the announcement came that they had J.J. Uh, Abrams, and due to our, our recording schedule, it 
you know, yeah. the, the Han Solo film might be announced by now, and it might be called Han Solo versus Boba Fett, and Darth <laughs> Vader is there too. Like the news yeah. might have broken, so we know, we know as you're yeah. listening that we might be behind the It'll scenes. Be Han Solo X versus Sever, Fett versus Solo. Yeah, oh exactly. Gosh. Yes. Uh, so we we might be uh, off on the actual Han Solo movie, but I still want to talk about the meat of that idea because it yeah. does bring up because people have different strong opinions about. Vader or Boba Fett? If only one was going to be in Han Solo, which would, yeah. which makes more sense? Which makes a connected universe that makes sense? And which is just like, oh, throwing throwing stuff in there. And I, I heard people with very different opinions about, like, if you had really? to choose, yeah. Vader or Boba Fett. Really different opinions. Jennifer, yeah. do we have to choose? We, Should we choose? Yes, we need to choose. We, we can't have everyone in the galaxy in this film. I mean, come on. Like, there's, there's certain sort of things that we, that, you know, at first I was like, no, I don't want to see the castle run. No, I don't want to see Han getting the Millennium Falcon. You know, I'm okay with it. I've made peace with it. I kind of want to see those things now. I don't want to see Vader. Boba Fett, it makes sense. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you know, about this famous bounty hunter would be, you know, come across uh, Han Solo's path. Uh, I I think that I would be okay with that. Okay. Cameo. Cameo. Small. We don't, we, don't, we don't need it. Boba Fett versus Han Solo. We don't need that kind of, you know, film. But yeah. Yeah, that appearance makes sense. That and and, and connected. Vader and Rogue One it made sense. Blah that blah blah. Sense. We get that. We get that. We talked about that last week. You know, uh, Fett and Han Solo almost is like a you know no no no, no brainer no brainer right yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you know to the degree is the big question. Joseph. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think it's the the question of exactly what is this story going to be because right. maybe mm. this will be a really connected universe. We've been, done so much storytelling in the build up to the rebellion to see how awful the empire is. So right. is Han like in those old AC Crispin books I keep going on and on about, is he going to run into the empire? Is that part of the teaching of yeah. uh, Woody Harrelson, whoever that character <laughs> is actually Beckett? Ended up being Beckett. 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 Yeah. Right. yeah. Is that going to be the teaching of Beckett? Like, look, there's the empire. Yeah. There's the, there's these little cells. I know it's way before it's, you know, it's quite a while before. Quite a while, yeah. Cause I think it's set 10 years before new hope allegedly. Is what I've mm, yes, I think so. heard, rumor, yeah. Oh, fact. Okay, yeah so yeah. anyway, it's a ways before. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Yeah. I guess we don't know. Um, it's after Empire, it's <laughs> yeah. it's before A New Hope. It's yeah. after Sith. I'll go that yeah. far. Okay, it's after event. Anyway, so we could get a little bit of Han Solo saying, "Hey, I have been taught. I have seen. I don't want to be around it when the Empire and the Rebels clash." Right. I want, the Empire is the government, and I do illegal things. I want to stay away from the government, right. except for the corrupt ones I can grease. So I can imagine Han bumping up against the Empire. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know why I would need to see Han see Vader from afar or have Vader intimately connected yeah. to, like, Beckett. Like, is Beckett a bounty hunter that, that Vader uses? Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah. In that regard. Okay. That, that would work. I, uh, I'm okay with Vader being in there some way. I just, it would have to be handled so carefully, a, a look from afar. But if you just put this thought in my head, like what if, yeah, what if Beckett is the bad guy what, or, or a bad a scoundrel, a, yeah. a bounty hunter, and Vader hires him, which in the comics, Vader's sought out Boba Fett, Black Crescent, and, and has had meetings with them privately yeah. and has sat there mm-hmm. one-on-one. So maybe that happens. And then I could be like, oh, okay, that actually makes sense in terms of Star Wars canon now, but it would be, I could understand if it was groan-inducing. Yeah. Vader is such a powerful character. It's why his appearance in Rogue One was so satisfying as a fan, because we've been waiting to see Vader in his prime, cutting down some rebels. We've been talking about that for so long. So if he was in the Han Solo film, you know, what what will be his purpose? Is it going to diminish the character? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Meanwhile, on the other side of the galaxy, Vader pacing back and forth in this room. Like, I just, I, I, yeah. do, I don't. Just basically, like, placing uh, yeah, a phone call? Like, yeah, he's hiring right. temps yeah, right. in an office? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the Vader scenes do sometimes risk being too office We made that joke yeah, about, yeah. like, that's basically what happens on Mustafar. <laughs> it's like, it's Mustafar. Vader's in floating in a box of tube. And then he has a business meeting where he's real mean to an assistant manager. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I don't want to see that again. Your sales are low. <laughs> <laughs> Working on the weekends. You do not deserve that yeah. territory. My mm-hmm. my older voiced Vader is becoming one of my favorite bad impressions I do. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and so 
this Han Solo movie could be that. This could really, really uh, change my thoughts on the connected universe stuff and how much I want to connect. Because I think I tend to go towards more connected. Mm. Like I'd rather see. I keep going to this example of of the pilot Evan Verlaine and, and the Leia comic who yeah. shows up in Bloodline, mm. shows up in the Star Wars Adventures comics. By the way, side note: Have you guys read those yet? Not no. yet. Okay, no. I know it's hard to get into the comics. They are pretty damn fun. Awesome. I don't accept them as complete canon. They might be. <laughs> I don't even want to get into that discussion. Leave Pablo alone. But they're fun, and Evan Verlaine shows up in one of them. And they're, 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 there's a great Unkar plot adventure, by the way. Oh, nice. With Ray and Unkar plot. Um, but I liked it. So she shows up in this comic, and I was like, yes, that's a character you've established elsewhere. She should be here. Uh, the Leia book by Claudia Gray, when the when Krennic shows up but isn't really mentioned. Yeah. I love that stuff. So I tend to be like connected, yes. I am. Star- I could be changed if the Han Solo one is too cute with its connections. Yeah, right. And I think that's the big risk of Vader, unless he serves yeah. a real story purpose. Like, sure, you can find a way for him to logically be there. Maybe the story is about bumping up against the Empire. But if it, Vader is just kind of there to be like, look, Vader, we we already got that. And then if if it's true, yeah. if it's even any possibility of true that the Obi-Wan movie is going to happen yeah. and Vader ends up being the antagonist, then you do start to really open yourself up to the criticism of Vader always has to be in every movie no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Also, as always, you're making better, smarter points than me, but then you said bumping up against the Empire, and I want that to be the title of the movie. <laughs> it's still untitled. <laughs> yeah. Bumping up against the Empire. Bumping up against the Empire. A Star Wars story. <laughs> About Han Solo. About Han Solo. <laughs> I, still, I think they should just call it Untitled Han Solo. Untitled like Han Solo. Because it's like Han Solo hasn't really found himself yet. Yeah. He's untitled. Yeah. Uh, so, like, all right, let's look at, so, Jed, yeah. uh, Vader, uh-huh. Boba Fett, yeah. in the Han Solo movie. All right. I can see it, right? Right. Lobot? Yes. You want Lobot? Give me Lobot. Would you rather have Lobot than Fed Invader? Yes. Yes. And you know what? I agree with you. You do? Yes. Absolutely. Because oh, okay. you know what? It's, it's satisfying as the side characters is why, what I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's the kind of connected universe where I'm like, okay, I want to see the relationship with Lobot and Lando. I yeah. want to see that dynamic. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I like. Because it's great in the Lando comic. Right. Lobot oh, speaks right. normally. He's just kind of got his computer plugged in, and that's part of the plot. If you haven't read that five-issue arc, a uh, little, little mini-series there, Check it out. It was great stuff. So I would love to see Donald Glover and a and a young Lobot who is fully functional talking right. and see where that relationship began. I'd be okay with that. It wouldn't come off as too cheesy because I trust them to do it right. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the timeline they've established for Lobot, he would not have the iPhone 8 around his head yet, right? Correct. <laughs> Co- correct. Potentially correct. Okay. Uh, um, possibly most... I could see him. He's he's got it in, and he's still dealing with it. But at the time of the comic, which is it is is, oh man, I have to almost look it up. I think it's after New Hope. Okay, um, but early in the rebellion. But early in the rebellion, um, he he's he's got it. But it's almost like okay, so he could have like a little bit of low end. Yes. like he's experimenting with cybernetics. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that would be awesome because I, I I think it is the those side characters who should be there, and yes. that's what I yes. like about the connected universe when it's a character of like with a three PO and R two D 2s appearance in the Leia novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of they should be there, right. and it was gratifying when they were. So on R two and three PO when they appeared in Rogue One. It just refresh my mind. Did you, do you have a? Did you like that execution of it? I liked that they were there. I I was not a huge fan of the execution. Like I loved it. Uh, yeah. Like when when they were actually on screen, it was like, hey, great, I'm doing three PO, and and it was a good character moment. But it did distract me from the film mm-hmm. because the timeline got super it, convoluted. Did get yeah. messed up. Yeah. For like, okay, but which they got on a thing where to who with why in inside yeah. Radis's ship. Um, so I think that you have to also be careful there that you don't actually make things confusing. Yeah. By having a sudden pop-up of like, why is Vader at that place doing that thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what Claudia Gray did so well with the Leia novel was threading these these characters where it's like, oh, of course that person would be there. Oh, of course this person might encounter this other person. With with the films, you, you have to be so careful. Yeah. It's getting to be a very tight 
tight timeline, you yeah. know, and if, yeah. oh, I don't know. So, but Lobot makes a lot of sense. He so, does, because again, more than Vader and Fett, yes. like Lobot's a fun side Easter egg almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You don't have to make a big thing of it. And, you know, I don't want any winks and nods. I think that's a big thing. Right. Is we do not winks need to be winked at. It's just there <laughs> because it makes sense. I yeah. don't want the movie to be called Han Solo Winks and Nods. Yeah. So I don't want it to be like Lando's at the bar with this bald guy with a perfectly normal head. And yeah. he's like, hey, you know, I need you to do some calculations for me. It's a shame you can't think quicker, you know. <laughs> Right. And they're like, wink, wink, oh. nod. like, hope oh, nothing ever happens to your beautiful bald head. Like, You're killing oh me gosh. with that. That's frightening. That's frightening. It's frightening, right? Possible. It, I think it would be wink. more possible oh, in the Lord Miller version than Ron Howard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. absolutely. No. And that was the only thing about the Ron Howard tweeted photo where he wrote mm. spicy. I was like, oh, no. Oh, I, I sense a little bit of a wink, wink, and a nod. Right. Don't, you know, which right. I know he won't do that in the film. It's not going to be like, hey, guys, you've been wondering about this one. Right. Here right. it is. <laughs> is it distance? Is it time? I'm hot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the awesome. worst Star Wars stand-up ever. Is it distance? Is it time? Who knows? I mean, come on. What's the deal with the Parsec? Oh, that's oh. awesome. Uh, that's almost a shirt there. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> What's the deal with the Parsec? What's the deal with the Parsec? Uh, you oh, know, my gosh, yes. That's such a good we, shirt. We, uh, we talked about the Kessel Run last week. And, like, right. and, and that one I'm okay with seeing because it's such a historic moment. Mm-hmm. I think the trepidation comes from if it doesn't meet our own expectations that's where I think some of this stuff comes yeah with exactly that. where it's like oh this is a mythical moment in Han's life what if it sucks <laughs> yeah you know? and I mean yeah. again I'm never gonna stop talking about these AC Crispin novels until they come out in in I need to read these. me too I, I, they're on my bookshelf yeah. I, I, oh, I now own two them. copies because my original copies are in my storage space in Minneapolis uh, but I bought more anyway uh, but I remember from reading back in the day the Kessel Run is, is spelled out really clearly and it's done really well and it's an asteroid field and I think that Okay. I, I don't know if that's anywhere in modern canon, but in Legends it was an asteroid field because it was a place where smugglers go, so they mm. needed to be inaccessible. And it is, they like, yep, this is one of the reasons that Han is overly cocky about navigating an asteroid field because ah. he does the Kessel Run all the time. Oh. Right. So that's that's way right. back in the in those mm. Legends books. Yeah. Mm. So maybe they'll just lift that. You know what's funny? And I like it. And if they do that and they lift that, you guarantee there's going to be half of the people out there writing think pieces about how horrible that was. Uh, yes. And I think that's pretty cool. That's yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. Yeah, the, yeah. those AC Crispin novels are great. Uh, who, who do we want to be in this film, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else makes sense. I would love a random bounty hunter. Mm, uh huh. Like, okay. And it could just be, hey, there's Dengar at the back of the bar. I like No that. lingering shot on him, just almost the way they did Rebels in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Where they, I mean, that was almost more Easter egg than I wanted because, like, you had to look for it. You had to look for it. You had to be ready. I almost Mm -hmm. wanted the ship highlighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I want something in between. Wait, I want something in between Pondababa and Dr. Evazin of, like, hey, everybody, you see these guys? And Chopper rolls by, and unless you're ready for it, you totally miss Miss it. it. Uh, I want somewhere in between those. And just to have characters that are scum. Yeah. That belonging in Han's scummy scoundrel world, right. I want them in the background. I want Dengar having a drink in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I could like, I, I, I could like something like that, Jennifer. Yes, <laughs> might be controversial. I kind of want a Jabba cameo. Ooh. I kind of do. It's not oh. controversial. I, is it? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Setting the internet on fire. Here. Uh, I, even I'm yeah. a little like hesitant about it, just because I, I want it to be done right. I want Jabba yeah. to look the way that I want him to look. Mm, as yes. good as I know he can look. But maybe we'll get excited, people excited about a Jabba film. And then, yeah, spin maybe. it off into the film. There yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I would be fine with a cameo. I would be thrilled if he makes sense in the story. Again, oh. it's like how much of Han's story are they telling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because does Beckett already work with Jabba? Is that where the relationship started? Or after Han goes independent away from Beckett? Right. Is that where the relationship with him begins? You know, See, these are the questions. Mm-hmm. I think we also got like imperial possibilities if we get Han rescuing Chewie, as has been yeah, described has been, yeah. again back in the day in those novels, explicitly described if he's literally right. rescuing him. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it? Is it, is it? Do we see? Do we see another Tarkin? Is Tarkin there again? <laughs> uh, that it's always going to be CGI Tarkin. A young yeah. Jer Gerard. A young Jer crawling Gerard. his way up in the Empire. That would okay. be great. I'd be okay. See, and I would be okay with that. I was hoping it 
and nowadays with with movie news or Ron Howard's Twitter feed, uh, <laughs> a lot of things it's hard to be surprised. Uh, we know that Paul Bettany's in the movie, oh, the cameo right. parents now maybe fill in the void of Michael Kenneth Williams' character, uh, not the same character, but but the void of the the story point. Um, I really, I I mean, going back to the original casting, we'll see what happens with Amelia Clark, but the idea of someone like Tessa Thompson being uh, Sana Saros was really something I was looking forward to. I don't think we're getting that, at least not in this film. Um, Dr. Afra would be interesting at this point now. Mm -hmm. I really wanted, like, Jin... Or Cassie and Andor. Yeah, oh, yeah. I really wanted that. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. Oh, I, now I want that. Yeah. Because that's the kind of connected universe that makes sense that these people would run into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I got one more. seen more of yeah. Felicity uh, uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Ahsoka. Would we oh. want Ahsoka? Would we want her big screen appearance? Oh. It could be a, just a small cameo in interaction with... I mean that's kind. Of, she's kind of in the right place at the right time. Well, what is it? Yeah, because she's she's not Ahsoka. You know, she's on the run or hiding. Right. Or she's on the way to becoming fulcrum and fulcrum. bringing oh, different. Yeah. Rub, uh-huh. Quietly doing good. Right, right, and uh, and there's uh, isn't there, there's a mention of fulcrum uh, in Rebel Rising, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yes, huh. it would make because I was my. When you said that, my my gut reaction is, well, hold her, hold off until the Obi Wan movie. Oh, which would be amazing in some yeah. kind of capacity. I'd that be on board sense. for that. But it makes almost more sense for her to be in this film because it's about a guy trolling around the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where you more likely run into her. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, would you guys like to see her? Yeah, if it's kind of like a, if it's a real cameo, maybe just the back of the head. Her uh, mm. a blink and you miss. Right. Yeah. I, I would want her to have some kind of weight to the moment, uh, which is why I, you know, I don't think it would happen. I don't think any of us are saying it's happening. This, this is a want. Um, you would know. Uh, Rosario Dawson is uh, so much like the ghost. I would want it to be more yeah. than. Di- wait, 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 wait. Was that Ahsoka? Mm, right. Like we all thought, Beezer Fortuna was Bib Fortuna yeah. for a second. You know. Um, <laughs> Instead, it's what, his cousin, right? It's his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and Chewie, okay. Chewie knows her because they yeah. ran into each other in the Clone Wars, oh, and he would right. know that she's a Jedi. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, so you have to be careful there. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Which goes into a whole sub-conversation in other podcasts about why Chewie never told Han, shut up, it's all true. Um, uh, I think Han just did a lot of not listening to <laughs> Chewbacca as my head cat. Or Chewie that. just was like, ah. I'm, I'm done trying to convince him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about the big connection that Rogue One wasn't supposed to have to the Star Wars universe was lightsabers. Yeah. Right. Uh, this was going to be our troops on the ground, boots on the ground, our rebellion in action here. And then we got Vader in one of the best moments of the film <laughs> with lightsabers, and it does tie to the universe here. Han Solo it sets up to be that movie as well. Yeah. No lightsabers. Do you think they'll hold through with that? Mm. Vader cameo now is daddy. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, so, you know, Pablo actually, I, th- I think he tweeted this, where he's like, go back to those Han Solo books by A.C. Crispin. Okay. He's like, people should read those before the film comes out. I, I'm pretty sure. I might be imagining, I might be a late night. You sure it wasn't thing. just Joseph tweeting that out? <laughs> but so my I have my Pablo parody account yeah, yeah. now. That's really confusing people. <laughs> Were there any lightsabers in those books? Not to my recollection. Not through the haze of whiskey and years uh, when mm. I first read them. I, but no, they're very much like here's this scoundrel world. And you didn't miss it, right? No. Yeah. No. See, that's what I'm thinking. I think we're, we're going to enjoy it I without it. I didn't miss miss it in Rogue One. Right. Now, again, I knew in the back of my head Vader was, I, I just assumed Vader would have his lightsaber ignited at some point. We get the Force talk, and I was fine with that, but I didn't miss, you yeah. know, Jin pulling out a blade. I didn't, I'm glad that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad she had a kyber crystal and her mom wasn't like, here's a lightsaber, hold on to that. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. good for stabbing. Yeah, I yeah. think this is the opportunity to, like I've said, to, it's, Take this part of uh, the original trilogy, this DNA of the scoundrels and the bounty hunter and the swashbuckling adventure, mm-hmm. and have a little break from the Force and right. destiny and lightsabers. And if they are mentioned, I think it would be so great to have the reinforcement of that we've got in the books of why people don't remember the Jedi. Yeah. Why this, uh, all this stuff that happened in the prequel trilogy seems so forgotten. It was because the Empire's boot is on everyone's neck, and yeah. you don't even mention Jedi 
and have a serious conversation in a bar, or you're maybe going to be shot by the nearest stormtrooper. Mm. Right. That would be so great to drill down on that in this movie. Sounds That's like a great good. episode of Diddy McBraw, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'd be okay with it here. Let's talk aliens. Yeah. Let's talk aliens, because this is actually pretty controversial. This kind of gets uh, even our good friend, non-grumpy Pablo Hidalgo. By the way, your parody account should be Pablo Hidalgo. No, should be it. I, I'll just say no to people. Yeah, yes, yeah. whatever they ask. Uh, that note, no, I'm, I'm going to go to bed and end the show. Uh, no, um, aliens. The expansion of these new movies and these new books. The books and comics touch have a little bit more of the aliens and species we're familiar with, but the movies thus far have really introduced wonderful. New aliens, but mm-hmm. not a lot of the old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, yeah. you seem to be like someone who loves aliens. I do. How do you feel about this? You know, I do like the mix of new aliens, but then while reading Leia, mm-hmm. I think it was Amy Lynn that was talking about talls and all the different uh, f- multiple-eyed creatures. Right. And I was like, oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. And I, and I love that she brought up these familiar aliens. I yeah. think it's kind of important to see the same species over and over again in this galaxy, even though it is a vast galaxy. It is. And I think that we should see a lot of familiar aliens in the Han Solo film. Uh, I'm picking up, and at the time of this recording, I know, Joseph, you haven't finished Phasma, so I'm not going to spoil. Okay, is there a good spoil? A juicy one? But... There's a, a, a character that shows up okay. at one point. And it's this weird, it's actually a really good moment in the book. Awesome. And uh, it's an alien. It's a species. Oh, good. Oh, good. That has very big Star Wars connections and ramifications. Yeah. Oh. And if it was a brand new character, like if it was like a, 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 a Fuzzlefop, and it, it, it's a new planet, because there's a lot of that, and that's fine with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But... I actually paused for a moment. I was like, wait a minute, that is A. And I looked it up and I was like, yeah. (laughs) And it made it just, and it wasn't related to the other character, wasn't anything. Yeah. It just was, oh, that is that. And that was awesome. So I do like it when there's connected. I'm all for the new alien. I'm all for that little frog guy in Canto Bite. Yeah, whatever that is. If he's the same species as Mieber Gascon, who knows? (laughs) Uh, I think probably... There's been already some Pablo harassment about that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, whoever that guy in Canto Bite is that I'm thinking of is Nubhead, and he's got a little dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, whatever his real name will be, I'm calling him Nubhead for now. Yeah, I love all of the new aliens, mm-hmm. but I do think we need some Rodians. We need some Ithorians, some mm-hmm. Chadra fans, right? We need yeah. all uh, of these, some Solistans who are not nine numb. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if this film is really trying to get us to feel like it's 1977. Right. Yes. And it's also oh, great, yeah, yeah. too, because you get to learn about the the cultures of these mm-hmm. species, yeah. these alien species. And that's really exciting to learn, too. You know, we want to see the Toydarians and all these other Aqualishes and Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. There's... Um there's a there's a point where another Toydarian shows up and it's kind of cool. I think it's in the Phasma novel too. Uh, there's a Toydarian wind tunnel. Yes, in, in Leia. Leia. Yeah, yes, that was that's, fun. no, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I yes. loved that. Yes, yeah. that's the one I'm thinking. It's, it's not it's not Phasma. And Rebel Rising has a couple of just like here's an alien name and like sometimes like oh yes that one and like one of them, like I don't know that one Ugh, I'm gonna look it up and then the the Wikipedia entry was just like. This was an alien in Rebel Rising. So yeah. Like, that was great. Like, great. You just threw in a you random alien it. name. Mm. But, Jennifer, your point about, like, their culture. Because some of the species we're getting to know so well. Like, right. yeah, we get lots of Togruto. You know, we have so much happening mm-hmm. on Ryloth all the time. Oh, yeah. Twi'lex, mm. Twi'lex are yeah. important to the galaxy. It's like, yeah, let's have some of these other species build up a little bit more lore. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, and we can learn that to call him Hammerhead is an insult. It's <laughs> very insulting. Prune face? No. <laughs> He's a Dracillian. Right, right. Has Obit or Ori Marco. Come on. Yeah, oh absolutely. Gosh. And it's an interesting point, too, that you said, Joseph, like, you're right. If, if Han Solo, this movie, is supposed to put us back in that time period, not just Star Wars time, but 1977, yeah. we're going to need some of these familiar aliens. Yeah, right. so I'm hoping yeah. for that. Well, taking a look at the bigger connections, we're talking a lot about the Han Solo movie because I think this is a chance to really see how well these connections will work in a big on-screen uh, type of way. Um, let's look at some of the other things in Star Wars and the connections, and even going back to the prequels, I want to start, Joseph, because Darth Vader rebuilt. He didn't create. He rebuilt yes. C-3PO, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is it's the impetus of a lot of videos on the internet <laughs> spouting hate towards the prequels. Yes. I understand that. 
I don't have a problem. Even then, even when I was really against the prequels, I was like, I, it's fine. Yeah. Fine with that. It just means Star Wars is the story of a young boy trying to reconnect with his droid. <laughs> but um, what do we feel about that now? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've lived with it for so long. I feel like we've actually gotten a couple of, like, interesting moments out of it both mm-hmm. in uh you know legends canon and back you know in new canon with that 3po comic you know there's right. some hints of him remembering all of his times and his relationships so i feel like yeah you don't want to do that too often and there was a sense that george lucas was getting a little winky and naughty about it <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, wink and nod i don't need to say winky and naughty right. i apologize for that uh that there was a wink and a nod winky and naughty are ewoks by the way <laughs> they're from the star wars adventure yeah. right in 1985 um the ewok adventures uh yeah so i'm fine that it happened yeah. I don't want things to I don't want those kind of connections to happen too much and I don't want them to happen with that tone too often. As much as I'm a prequelist. Yeah. I think it is uh we don't need to be cheeky about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be cheeky. <laughs> yeah, I you know, it's one of those things where I ha- I have problems when you start kind of I don't want to say retconning but kind of retconning things mm-hmm. and then I go back and I'm like well wait a minute that scene doesn't make any sense now and when you kind of start to disrupt the storyline and mm-hmm. make me start to question when I'm watching the film or it takes me out of it that's when I I have problems but they've done such a good job now of not doing that yeah, right. that you know I can overlook it and I've gotten over it yeah. I'm, I'm becoming a prequelist as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to say. again, it, 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 it's uh, you know even Joseph, the the leader of the of the prequel tribe here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for you to be like, hey, it was it was George being too cute and mm-hmm. making it too small. Right. Uh, I think at the time it's like, all right, to me it was like, ah, I can't cool the kid built him. But it, then it had in in the movie in Phantom Menace, I was like, ah, oh, that's cute. But the ramifications for the story beyond that, are, I think, were some of the problems that I think we might have with it too, yeah where it's right. just like yeah okay george yeah. i mean i think yeah. what we've seen and this is maybe a part of the larger discussion of a connected universe mm-hmm. is that everybody's storytelling in the star wars world is really interested in doing cleanup like yes almost yeah. to a point of like okay just let some flaws be flaws yeah yes. like uh, again you know love the leia book but claudia gray even had like that line in there really establishing that in canon that uh, this is the way uh, people uh, leaders talk on naboo in right. the stiff regal stiff accent, regal accent. Oh, you know, right. and we even got some sort of like maybe Leia's white gown was inspired by the dresses that she brought back from Naboo, mm. you know, so like really trying starting to stitch things together. And there's that fine line of like sometimes it's like, yeah, that's great. Stitch it together because it needs yeah. to be stitched together. And other things just like it's OK. Let it be weird or let it be a flaw we don't need it always to be patched there was some of that in the phasma novel where uh she's phasma's basically gwendolyn christie's accent is explained as her impersonating and Mm. taking on the affects of the person she's talking to and i was like well i I didn't even think that that was a problem but now that you've said it it's a problem (laughs) yeah it's a bit bit, i don't want to say a bit much but yeah yeah Yeah. you don't need a good i know what you mean so i guess I, i think i went on that tirade uh because I think in retrospect, Anakin building Vader, a lot of people have come along since then and, and used that to really uh, show how innocent he was. Yeah. And that he did just want to make this kind character in the contrast between what Vader is and what C-3PO is and the fact that right. he could never be connected. People gave it resonance. Yeah. Oh, that go. works. That works. Uh, another big connection from the prequels that uh, uh, at the time seemed kind of cool and then also then seemed kind of what? is the Jango Fett, Boba Fett, and clones relationship. Now, we grew up in a time, and, and, and <laughs> the, the Boba Fett, we heard he was wearing the armor of the clones. Like, mm-hmm. it was just one of those things you kind yeah. of heard in Starlog magazine. Yeah, um, Starlog. And then it was, oh, it's Mandalorian. Oh, there, there's some kind of, these were the clone warriors. So, right. I, for me... Um, when it was revealed that his father or this other character, Django, was in Attack of the Clones and it was going to be related to clones, I went, oh, okay. Yeah. So call me naive. I didn't have a problem with this much. Did Jennifer, did you throw things at the screen? No, I guess I didn't really either. I mean, it's not like Boba Fett was a, a huge, like I wasn't in love with Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe if I'd been more invested in the character, maybe I would have been like, "Hey, wait a minute, what's going on?" Right. You know. But no, I I was like, "Okay, this is interesting." Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. Mm. 
too much of a connection, Joseph? Or no, I've always really, really liked this one. Yeah, especially now that his cannon has rolled out and the clones are their own thing, and they ended, and then the stormtroopers are, you know, volunteer and conscripted. Because even at the time, the the animators uh, thought it was all the CG people thought it would be really funny to have Django bump his head when he's getting on Slave One. Right. So that's a genetic trait of that. Sometimes they bump their heads. Yeah, they're they're doing their own little wink nod. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was subtle, and I only know that because I watched the behind the scenes DVDs (laughs) eight thousand times. Times, uh, right. but it, it, may, it makes even more sense to me that it's just a part of this era of Star Wars. Not that yeah. every stormtrooper that we've ever seen in all of Star Wars is still Boba Fett, right? It's right. Still crappy Boba Fett, <laughs> right. and there's and that's there's some great stuff about the clones transitioning out, yeah, uh, in, in some of the comics now too. They touch upon it there too, oh. in the books as well. Uh, the the Vader, the Darth the Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith line, it, it, you, know, you got clones in there because it's right after Sith and oh. they're. It's kind of the last gasp of the clones. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Um, another one more recently, and you mentioned it, uh, is uh, Rogue One, Pandababa, and Dr. Evazin. Um, I remember hearing about this. Chris Taylor tweeted out something about- Oh, really? Pay attention. Like, Ooh. rewatch the cantina scene before you go to Rogue One. But he said <laughs> it in a very positive light. Yeah. Mm. Chris is a- pretty celebratory Star Wars fan. You know, he's, he's not cynical. Um, so I, I think, and then you rumors started leaking out. And I, so I, I, I enjoyed it though. I do agree. It's on the nose, which it goes to this master topic of how connected is too connected. And then going to how you said the winky and the naughty <laughs> is, a, is it sometimes Galen Urso having some blue milk as the camera pan, pans by works for me. Yes. Maybe a little bit more than, ah, that's the guy from the thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, at least they didn't like pull out their space passports and go like, "Well, we've got the death system on uh, death sentence on eleven systems. We just need to get a twelfth in the next couple of weeks." Oh. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not. I don't think it is. It doesn't evoke my two favorite Ewoks, Winky and Naughty. Yeah, too much. It's just they're there. Yeah, uh, but I think for a lot of fans that they are uh, feel. I think so many fans want new mm-hmm. right. that even things that are totally make sense, like the blue milk, just makes sense. Yeah. It's a drink. Yeah, it's it's a drink that farmers that. have. Yeah. Why would it not? Why would it? It would be glaring if it was white milk. Gross. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Want the blue milk. Uh, so even things that aren't like hit you over the head, I think, are starting to really hardcore Star Wars fans sometimes feel like being hit over the head. Right. Mm. And I think that's part of what I'm interested in. Is like there are things I read in the books that I am so happy to see these connections. Yeah. Mm. Because I feel so validated. Like yes, that person should be there. Yeah. But then the movies that can't necessarily handle them with the same. Subtlety. Subtlety. And deafness, yeah. Because yes. I don't think there's anything about uh, Pone de Bob and Dr. Evazin that's like, hey, look at these no, guys. No. They're just there. No, no. And, and you're right. It's like, for me, Jennifer, it's like, can't a filmmaker have some fun in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. Right, exactly. And when I saw the blue milk, I was like, yes, yes, this makes so much sense that they, yeah. th- this would be a, a drink that people would enjoy. Why not? Yeah. When I saw Pondababa and Dr. Evazin, I, I, I laughed. I'm like, all right, okay, yeah. it makes sense. you know. But it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, for maybe more casual Star Wars fans, they might get a real kick out of seeing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, those guys. I remember those guys. They don't know their name, but they right. know their faces and that was a fun moment yeah. don't take away the walrus joy. man right yeah exactly but yeah it's like yeah. have some fun i get there's a fine line with fan service i get it and mm-hmm. i would call the the evans and ponda baba a more of a fan service moment than for me red leader gold leader showing up because right. they they belong there yes they're part exactly. of the rebe- rebel fleet and this yes. is a rebel fleet attack <laughs> they should yeah. be there yeah there's no reason that dr evans and ponda baba couldn't be there. Couldn't be there. But that's, that's a, a difference. That's yeah. a, mm. That is a difference. There you go. Um, and some of the connections, uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's, uh, I think, a little too haphazard for Lucasfilm's own good. And that's the case of Co- uh, uh, Commander Rex. Uh, Rex from Clone Wars and Returns and Rebels. And he is a beloved character. He's a great character. In fact, I... I moved it. I just got the Black Series exclusive nice. Rex oh. from a couple Comic Cons ago, gifted to me, and I'm excited about it. Uh, and then the idea that uh, kind of was floated around, just kind of casually. Uh, he's got a beard. He's on Endor. He's that Endor guy. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the revelation that hey, if they're going to proceed with that, that's a little bit of uh, it could be uh, construed and it was construed as racially insensitive. Um, so let's say we can correct that. Let's say we can get a Return of the Jedi special edition, <laughs> special, special edition, and Rex shows up in an in Endor Adventures here. Is that a case of too much, Jennifer? 
I kind of think so. I'm sorry. I know. Okay. I mean, I know. Okay. Like, I it makes sense. But it's one of those things where, like, if we start doing that, like, how far are we gonna go? It's such a slippery slope, you know. Like, <laughs> oh. Endor for me has become the petri dish test of yeah. too much hidden behind each trees. Going to the aftermath series, a series of ah. novels I, I love by Chuck Wendig, but it, indu- it introduced the idea that Leia was almost assassinated, right, by Singer, and then uh, I'm, I love Forces of Destiny, but we see Hera might end up being there. Um, Jury is still open because I love Forces of Destiny, but it, then it becomes of well that and that and Rex is there that and gee was everyone on Endor right? Did they just have a party we didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, and it does start to open up with Rogue One. Like if all characters that kind of could be places are places, then yeah. the only way to kind of uh, dissuade fans is to murder your characters. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people said that right. with Rogue One. It's like, well, it makes sense why we didn't see them anywhere else. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, they, but they could also be doing another mission. Maybe they're right. a decoy <laughs> yeah. over at Solace, you know? No, they're dead. That's <laughs> yeah. the only way to solve it. Well, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just, I was rereading the Leia comic. Uh, the trade paperback version of it at work. And uh, one of my favorite moments, the comic, the five issues are hit and miss for me. There's some great stuff and there's some okay stuff. But one of my favorite things in the beginning is, is Admiral Akbar is at the temple leading the evacuation after the first Death Star. I mean, we're talking seconds after the first Death Star explodes. So now the question begs of, well, where was he during Rogue One? <laughs> yeah, and why was he such a jerk to not attend the medal ceremony, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, no. exactly. Like, no. Or was it just the rebellion didn't allow aliens to the medal ceremony? You know, like yeah. just, so then yeah. that becomes a case of us overthinking a lot of that kind of stuff, because at the time, I don't think Radis was created, you know? And uh, I don't know, maybe they were like one one Mal- Mon Calamari leader at a time, please. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I love Rex, and I love the idea of him living so long to see mm-hmm. the truth. True freedom of the galaxy. So I just love the idea of, of Rex being there. But that's a case-by-case case basis for Case-by-case. Case. And if it was in some, maybe they get a chance to put Rex into something else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be great. That and even in a sense. book, it'd be mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we, we've got the, the comics and the books you mentioned, Joseph, so well that they're, they're able to do it with a subtle... Uh, more thoughtful, you mentioned a deafness, Jennifer, um, big name characters, it can appear in the background, it's a, it's a logical character. How can the, um, the movies achieve that? And should they try to look at that as the way to do it? Yeah, I think to me, they should be open to having more characters in the background that are true, I guess, you know, somewhere between an Easter egg and a really obvious Easter yeah, egg. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, that would be great. And then I think they should continue to have I don't think that we should ever get to a point where fans are kind of kvetching so much that we don't get characters where they should be in movies. Mm. Like, mm. you know, I was that's the big thing with the, the Vader Rogue One scene. It has mm. always been, uh, you know, I was crazy to see Vader in Rogue One and use his lightsaber because he can and he should at that yeah. point in time. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I think that they could take some lessons from the book by throwing in some characters more in the background. Mm-hmm. But then also not being shy, like like the way Tarkin is used in the Leia novel. Like again, that's a place he should be, a relationship he should have. Right. It was it was excellent. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, I'm on that line, Jennifer. So all right, so I throw out the idea of you know Moff Jar Gerard as a, as as Captain Jar Gerard if he's in uh, Han Solo or something. Right. To me, makes perfect sense. So that. That's okay, right? Right, yeah, exactly. The Tarkin thing in Leia was was excellent. It made sense that he was there. I loved that relationship. But I, I do wonder if movies can achieve the same thing as books. Because when they mentioned Krennic in Leia, it was just beautiful. You know, they mm-hmm. just talked about his white coat. Yeah. Not even his facial features, just the white. And we knew, and, oh, and the fact that it was director. We knew yeah. that's all we needed. Right. I don't know if you can do that with a film. Like if the person just passes by, I guess it could be an Easter egg. Well, but- it, it, it ends up becoming just an Easter egg because, so I'll go to the Game of Thrones books, A Song of Ice and Fire stuff. Um, you could have a character die and then come back and you won't know it because in the books it's described as a shadowy grave digger. Mm. But in the show, if the hound is coming back and Rory McCann is playing this character, you can't be like, oh no, that's not him. Right. Because it's him. Right. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. part of the problems the showrunners of Game of Thrones have run into is is even with Theon Greyjoy is a big, big example. It was different in the books. You, you didn't know it. 
it was this character called Reek. And all of a sudden, at the end of an entire novel, you're like, oh. Wow. Oh, that's hit. Oh, on the show, Alfie Allen is front and center. Yeah. Right. You can't so, do that. Uh, you know, you could get Ben Mendelsohn to Te- show up, and then it'd be like, oh, uh, that's Director Krennic. That's cute. Whatever. Yeah. Right. In the book, it's 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 just the, the nature of it there. Uh, it would be tough. Yeah. It's you know what? That is, that is inspired a new thought. You know that first shot of Tarkin in Rogue One? Yeah. Where we just see his reflection. Oh, right? yeah. And where a lot of people are like, cool. And then like, whoa, no. Oh, he's got some things to say <laughs> about Imperial business. Yeah, We're, in the the <laughs> We're in the valley. We're in the Oh, that's awesome. What? Yeah. Oh, no. It, move me. your mouth more or less. Yeah. Come on. No. What? Uh, but that initial shot, I think there should be more things like that because mm. that wasn't yes. our Ewok yeah. friends winky and naughty no it it had like power it was like it a did. cool shot and i think yeah. maybe that's what we need more of of like just the uh, one shot that honors the character honors their place and yeah. then moves on right i like that it needs to have that weight exactly yeah. and an yeah. easter egg sometimes doesn't have the weight like that reveal and leia with krennic i was like yeah. oh yes yeah, yeah. The white coat the, 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 you mentioned the, cho- the chopper thing is something that was like it's Great, but like it, it could have had more. Like, yeah, oh gets, my god, they're there! It right. gets annoying. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, well, I, I'm trying to just watch the story, but I gotta watch the lower frame of what yes. you know moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, Star Wars has these connections, and whether we want them or not, they are there. But this begs a question. So, with the standalone movie universe uh, expanding and, and going on beyond, planned to go beyond the Sega series, and a lot of people. Uh, saga series. I'm thinking Sega video game. <laughs> the Saga series. What? That's big news. Yeah. Um, and and say something like Old Republic, and people are calling for that. And outside of say Bane or some of the more notable Old Republic characters, uh, could could a standalone movie with no connections actually work? And would those cynical Star Wars fans tired of the fan service be like, well, where's all the things we like? Yeah, right. You can't win. Could it really work? Yeah. You can't win. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of a, it is much more uh, finding the, the space in the middle that works. Right. But I honestly do think like right now, if they announce like, all right, we got our 2020 slate. Yeah. It's not Obi-Wan. It's not a second Han Solo film. It's not even anything to do with the uh, Old Republic. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the adventures of so-and-so, the pod racer. Like, and I should use a better example. Of like, No, I'm sold. Bounty Hunter you've never heard of. It's just a movie yeah. about bounty, bounty hunters, but it's not, you know, it's not even have IG-8 in it. It's just, uh, you know, yeah. Zaykrao. Yeah. The bounty hunter you've never heard of. And, like, Star Wars fans would be like, wow. Like, yeah. deep Star Wars fans would be like, that's amazing. But, like... How do you pitch that to just n- normal human beings? Yeah, and, and that and that was going back to things I was saying last week about the Phasma novel, a a great read that at times was so not connected to Star Wars that we know that it made me seem lost on an island. Yeah, um, wanting more Star Wars, and then uh, the book ends up with. Getting, giving me more yeah. uh, a little bit. But yeah, it put me in a spot of, where's the things that I know? Yeah. Right. And I'm happy if we get there eventually where they just say, yeah. you know what? This is a Star Wars movie. I keep going on about the genres, but this is this is a horror Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's just got some Jedi and they're being, yeah. you know, haunted. Uh, or, the, you know, you've pitched a great Order 66 movie where it's like, right. this is just some Jedi trying to survive. Like, I do want those movies eventually. Yeah. I just don't think we're quite there with the general public yet. Nope. The, a live action TV show might be the first place we really yeah. Yeah. see it tried. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll still have connections, but in a, on a bigger level. Yes. Because Rebels was a little bit of that, too. Uh, oh, Clone, yeah. Clone Wars oh, yeah. was different. Rebels was, here's a group of new heroes. You never heard of them before. The Stormtroopers are around. Those TIE fighter sounds you like are there, but yeah. let's focus <laughs> on these guys. Right. Yeah. So, all right, as we wrap this discussion about connected universes uh, in Star Wars and how much we want, uh, we got, we all have our own favorite characters around here in Force Center. Uh, who, who could show up where? Where would you want some of the characters to end up? I'll start. Okay. Admiral Radis in Season 4 of Rebels. Yes. He needs to appear. Stanton needs to fire up that voice, <laughs> and I, you know it's already recorded. If it is, and Steve's yeah. not going to tell me, but um, I would want that. I think that some shields will be probed. Probe those shields in Rebels season four for yeah. sure. Mm. Uh, I want in that Obi Wan movie that mm. I, I think is going to come. Yeah, he's got to spend some time on Tatooine. He's got to bump into some people we know on Tatooine. Yeah, he's got to see my favorite pod racer, Team Tobaglius. You want that? Having a drink. <laughs> That would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, <laughs> I want that Obi-Wan movie to go off-world, 
but it has to be on Tatooine. It's got to start on Tatooine. Start, and it's got to maybe end on Tatooine. Yeah. I need that. I need Obi-Wan drunk at the cantina bar. Absolutely. And, he, and who's a drinker? Team Toe. Team we Toe. know. It's canon from the Phantom Menace video game in 2001. Yeah, I mm. love it. Watching like Bed and Quadraneros race on the screen <laughs> and Team Toe's like, I was better than that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jennifer, I'm going to skip to a direct question and you can answer whatever you want here. Yeah. But how do we get the Ewoks back in the franchise? I think the only way is a, is a therapy Ewok. Oh, it's the only yeah. way, right? Yes, because credit Wendig. Yeah, right. It's it's brilliant. So it can the Ewoks can fit in another war movie. Why right. not uh, a Rogue One type type uh, mm-hmm. movie? Where That's they, great. Uh, offer some guidance, some cuddles. <laughs> I mean, that's all I got. I mean, yeah the 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 idea of the therapy Ewok, uh, if, you know, if it was, let's just say it was in Last Jedi. Let's say Finn had a therapy Ewok. <gasps> there yeah. you go. That's perfect. I think it would cause such a stir. Oh, people would be so upset. Uh, yeah, you, you, people would be, yeah. which would be unfortunate. But I think as a lot, of, if you had, but if you had read the aftermath novels, you'd be like, oh yeah, oh, therapy yeah. Ewok. Oh my uh, god, it would actually be fascinating. Yeah, uh, because you know it's been it's been thirty years now. How, how many Ewoks have gone off world. Is this what they do now? Right. Has has their society utterly disrupted? Yeah. Are there no Ewoks left on the moon of Ventor? It would so. make people very upset because people are upset about the Porgs. It would just be double the cuteness. Yeah, yeah. Until they right. fought. Until they and fought. then every episode oh, nine, there's a Porg on Ewok action. Yeah. <gasps> don't do that. Don't 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 do a databank brawl with my Porgs and Ewoks, please. <laughs> we will be the Porgs will be involved in databank brawl, and oh. you, we will invite you. Okay. And, uh, it will be great. We won't do that one without you. I just don't want any bloodshed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't promise that. <laughs> well, that is a that, that is a look. We could go on and on and on, but we got some great fan questions here. We'll see how how connected Han Solo will be to the Star Wars universe at large, and how our connections that we want that we dream of. Let's see if they happen, and uh, uh, let's see if one day we get a movie where uh, nothing we know is in it. And let's see what it does. Just one therapy Ewok. One uh, bone therapy Ewok. But let's take <laughs> a, himself. Let's take some audience questions. Yeah. So we have a couple of from non-Patreon sources and a couple from Patreon, as always, from non-Patreon. We have a question uh, that came from Facebook from Matthew Wilson, who said, maybe ellipsis for dramatic intent. Dr. Afra is the one who found Luke's old lightsaber. I think uh, that's a, I wanted to throw this in because that's a great question for Connected Universe. Mm-hmm. People who don't know Dr. Afra, right? She's a sort of a archaeologist, right? She, she goes around collecting she's stuff, She's an right? archaeologist. Uh, first debuted in the, the Vader line of Star Wars comics. As a, as, as a Vader fangirl, it was kind of presented. That's not 100% accurate, but it came off as that to me. And she's grown into one of the better characters out there uh, that represents a lot of different things, by the way, and, and very well. And uh, the comic line has had some ups and downs. That Screaming Citadel thing she got wrapped up in oh, wasn't right. my favorite. But Afra as a character works really well. And the idea that she could have found Luke's old lightsaber, because she knew Luke, um, would be very interesting. Yeah. And connect to a character that I wouldn't mind seeing elsewhere, maybe even in the Han Solo movie, Maz Kanata. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a great one. What do you think, Jennifer? I do. I like that. It makes a lot of sense. It's a great way to connect the dots and get her to meet Maz. Maybe they're in a Forces of Destiny episode together. (laughs) Why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is a great example of it makes sense. So why why try to ignore it? Unless they have a different story in mind, this is a great comic book. This is a great novel. Maybe this is Mm -hmm. Dr. Aphra's novel Mm -hmm. appearance. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a great question, Matthew. Next up, we have James at Jedi underscore Donatello on Twitter who says, do you think? That Luke saying the Jedi must end could be him testing Ray like Yoda did with him right away, like Yoda did with Luke right away. Is he testing Ray or does he really mean it, Jennifer? No, I think he really means it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Ryan Johnson has has mentioned that that at that moment that's what he really believes mm-hmm. and that he is the last Jedi, like the title says. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what his plan is though. Yeah. I, I I don't think it's okay. I think he means it, but James, I think you bring up a good idea of testing Ray. I think there could be, whether it's intentional or just a byproduct, a test for Ray in that Luke is like, get away. Yeah. That that could be a test for Ray in, in many ways. 
Yeah. It could be related to that. Yeah, I think it could be a, basically a retroactive test. I don't think as we've seen it in the trailer, as it's sort of been described by Ryan Johnson, that it's intended as a test. I don't think it's like Yoda pretending to be a, you know, a wacky, right. uh, silly little guy. I mean, he is a little wacky. Yeah. I think there's some honesty there. Yeah. Uh, but he's certainly testing Luke's patience. Uh, I think it might be a retroactive where Luke realizes after Ray is not going to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. That she's passed, yeah. and there could be some other test. It would be amazing to see uh, Luke suddenly just say, "Hey, here's the thing I picked up from uh, my master Yoda," and just start throwing Ray's crap around. Yeah, like how does this make you feel? What do you got? How does what this you make you feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throwing That'd stuff. That'd be interesting. That would be awesome. Uh, next up, our first Patreon question is from Adam Taylor. Adam asks. Another prophecy chosen one question from me. In one of Mark Hamill's interviews for The Last Jedi, he said that Luke thought that Ben Solo was the chosen one. I that thought that was already settled at the end of Return of the Jedi. Why is Luke looking for the chosen one? Is the galaxy out of balance again? Was it ever in balance? Why do you think Star Wars needs to further this prophecy storyline? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Adam. Yeah. Very so I, I'll, I'll just jump in and say uh, uh, I think that part of it is that we, we as Star Wars fans who do podcasts, who listen to podcasts, uh, we parse words. And we, we're, yeah. we try to be really careful about what words mean. And I think the chosen one to us means this very specific thing. And I think mm-hmm. perhaps for Mark Hamill, he could not be using it with the specificity that we are. Yeah. Right. And I think he could have just been saying like, yeah, he really thought Ben Solo was going to be a great hero. Yeah. And he's using the phrase chosen one. So mm-hmm. I think that we should at least be open to that, that he didn't mean exactly what it means to us as super hardcore Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I, I absolutely think you're right. Uh, though, let's say, let's say he did yeah. and go from that argument point there. I think um, that to me, that would mean the, the, the galaxy might never have been in balance. But I also think it goes to what we'd say with where Obi-Wan believed Luke was the chosen one. Um, Qui-Gon believed Anakin was the chosen one. I just think it's how you interpret or sometimes misinterpret prophecies and and they can be taken wrong yeah yeah what do you think jennifer different chosen ones for different generations (laughs) each generation they're like no this one's the chosen one but i do think you're right i think mark hamill perhaps did not intend it the way that we know it to be just a a phrase some familiar with him possibly now it could now in last jedi maybe luke skywalker says a word i thought he was the chosen one and maybe it turns out mark was referencing that but i do believe just as a as a working actor lost in this forest he probably just said that's a phrase you're all no, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think that's most likely, but I do think the other possibility is that that book is where the prophecy came from. Uh-huh. That if, if it, I think it's either just Mark Hamill being mm-hmm. a, a little loosey goosey with the phrase "the chosen one," which happens to all of us, yeah. um, or it is a major plot point, and that is what he is trying to figure out. Of like this damn prophecy has caused lots of problems who made this yeah. prophecy why are we been following this for generations and the mm. caretakers are just like could you please return that library book yeah please could you please return put it? on don't touch it with your robot hand put yeah. gloves on <laughs> our final question is from ulrich stowe vetland would you ever want to see a canon star wars play mm, hell yeah great question yeah yeah i mean is that even, yeah is that even possible let's do it yeah, I think so. I think the the risk is that it could be like, mm, could it be cheesy if it was canon? You know, could it be like too wacky? Uh, I don't, I don't want a musical unless it's the actual Ooh. characters. Uh-huh. Like, I would want the music to be <laughs> internal to the story. Like, it's yeah. fine if it's about Max Rebo and they're they're singing. But if it's like, yeah, did you guys know that Luke and Leia went to the musical planet in between <laughs> Empire and Return of the Jedi? No, I don't want that, and I don't want that to be canon. What I would want it to be, and then uh, Jennifer, I want to hear your ideas on there. Is uh, if it was to work. I I would want like a a a, a political heavy fate of the galaxy conversation between senators or <laughs> you know one of those like uh, a Steve Martin written play about an evening at the Imperial Senate or something like that. I'd want like that. <laughs> Tarkin mm. at the Lapana Shield. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I would love to see like Hamilton where it's basically they're doing like Star Wars history. You know, there like you they're go. retelling the history. Oh, and, you know, somebody's playing Vader, somebody's playing yeah. Leia. I don't, I'm, I've never actually seen Hamilton, but I have listened to the music then. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. or Death of a Salesman, and Vader is Willie Loman. 
Oh, yeah, that's sad. Tragic, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Krennic's, I think, really the Willie Loman of the oh, lot. But yeah, that's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was thinking, like, if it was canon, I want, like, yeah, I want someone where, where uh, characters can have meaty conversations, yeah. really dense. So I would want Jedi Council. I would want it to be hmm. set in the Jedi Council. Ooh. They would debate serious things, yeah. but then there'd be lightsaber fights. So it would be like Eugene O'Neill oh, with lightsabers. Oh. <laughs> hey, you know, and I've seen uh, Star Wars in 60 Minutes, which is an, which is an offshoot of Star Wars in 30 minutes uh uh, patrick gorman is behind that and my friend mark riley from schmo is a friend of the force center here uh it is fun it is not canon it was performed for george lucas at his request and and they did a lot of them at the early star wars celebrations and it is really fun so star wars in play form is definitely a possibility for good entertainment yes those are our audience questions thank you so much for sending them in Absolutely. You guys are great. And there's a lot of places to send those questions to us. You can go to Facebook and like our page there. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and on Patreon, where we take exclusive questions from you. You can support us. Go to patreon.com slash Force Center. Just $2 a month gets you a bonus episode of Finish the Fan Fiction. And we're always building new goals. Go on there and check them out now. We got t-shirts available, including a new design on the way at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. So the episode's about to end, but not before we tell you where to find us, Joseph. You can find me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. It's my name. It's just that easy. Also, my website is my name, josephscrimshaw.com. Got a bunch of shows coming up, a bunch of other podcasts, so check that out. Jennifer? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. Of course, check out StarWars.com this month where I will be posting all sorts of DIY Star Wars costumes for you, your kids, and your pets. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Napsack across all social media platforms and on Anchor with the show Daily Thrones, talking about Game of Thrones from now until the end of time. That is it for this week. So for all the connected universes, for all the therapy Ewoks, and young Jer Gerard working his way up in the Empire, we'll see you next time on Force Center. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>